the Spice Cast. I'm your host this evening, Dan Bullard, and with us in the studio we've got the Harlequin Jazz Band. The band is made up of Jeffrey Caro on trumpet, Scott Marconet. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna screw these names up. How about y'all just introduce yourselves? <laughs> so it's Jeffrey Carroll. Oh, thank you. Sorry. I was gonna let him go. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Scott Marconet. I'm Dean Gilmura. Gilmore. Such a liar. <laughs> Darn it! I was gonna say I'm Jason Kniggett. Uh, beach to it. I'm Hi. Danielle Knight. And uh, what instruments do y'all play? Tuba, washboard, and vocals. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey, I do trombone and trumpet, but mostly trumpet. And Don't melodica. forget melodica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little more. And tiny, tiny trombone. Tiny trombone. Occasionally a guitar. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a Dixieland band, mm-hmm. which means you're you're kind of like a smaller format than a lot of the other big bands that play around Huntsville for like the, the Swing Dance Society and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's um, a lot different. Smaller and different stylistically, yeah. Like, how would you say you're different from a larger big band for, for those that aren't familiar? Well, I play banjo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. I play clarinet. <laughs> Which happens but, sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of, we're more drawing from the, the 20s and earlier, um, before it started getting into the bigger bands and all of that. It's it's very much a an earlier style, it's less arranged as the, well, maybe, I'm not sure exactly about that. I don't want to say Generally less arranged. Generally less um, arranged, yeah. I think uh, arrangements mostly started with Louis Armstrong in about 28 doing West End Blues from what I've read and uh, since then uh, it picked up and the bands grew bigger and all that stuff and that's how you got big band and as uh, as you know <laughs> most of that's uh, pretty well arranged yeah. whereas this stuff uh, a lot of the times we're just dealing with a lead sheet and uh, mm-hmm. we've got the melody and some chords and more improvisational and about listening to each other and playing off what each person is doing. So really every gig is a little bit different. And, you know, you guys don't have a drummer. It's just, you know, a tuba player, a banjo, maybe a guitar player sometimes. It's And a washboard. And a washboard, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> washboard can't, can't forget the washboard. The percussion exactly. instrument. Yeah. <laughs> so how long have you guys been playing together as a group? About a year. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. Okay. How did, how did everybody meet originally? Dancing. Yeah, <laughs> that's. A, I think that's a good way to meet people. It is. By by touching them and moving to music. Yes, by, by touching <laughs> random strangers in a dark room, moving to music together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how did you each kind of get to music in the first place? I played clarinet in from sixth grade through college, and then I quit after that, and um, I picked clarinet back up when Jason and Jeffrey started jamming at Thursday Night Swing. And we started doing some of the Dixieland style there, and that's how I got back into it. Uh, I actually picked up the banjo because, um, well, it's an instrument that is not very common, I think, that people will play as tenor banjo. A lot of people will play banjo, you know, to play bluegrass music, but it's totally different for trad jazz. It's much more chord-oriented. But also because I did play trombone, but we didn't need a trombone player. <laughs> and the reason we didn't need a trombone player is I started out jamming on trombone, and that's what we were doing at the time, because I play trombone with uh, two big mans in town. And uh, as we became more of a 
consolidated band that actually wanted to go out and do performances, um, we decided we needed a trumpet player, and so I learned to play trumpet for it. <laughs> Which is a pretty big feat, you know, if you switching from a, a bigger mouthpiece brass instrument to trumpet is kind of, I would imagine, a lot a less transition. comfortable, but uh, it's, it's been coming along and it keeps getting better, so it's a lot of fun. I was, uh, I have this, like, weird musical background. I was, like, in the choir at UAH, and I dabbled on piano a little bit, and I wouldn't say I play, but, like, I, I kind of have this, I like, the, I've taken a lot of the theory classes and all of that, but I, and I like pop music and all of this, but I was dance, I was dancing primarily. I, I, was, I was basically a dancer first, and that introduced me to this style of music, and through that, I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. And they came and grabbed me and were like, hey, you should play washboard. I actually filled in for the previous person who was jamming with them who was a drummer by uh, training or experience. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out now. <laughs> so you were chosen. It, you, yes. They, they kind of found you. That's the cool. Chosen the chosen one. The chosen one. Let's see. I played I played tuba back met, met, through middle school, dropped it, in, uh, dropped it in high school so I could become a computer nerd. And then, you know, so it's been about 10 years. I got into swing dancing and then kind of, you know, kind of got out of it for a little bit. And then you guys were starting to jam and you're like, Scott, we need, uh, we need, we need a tuba player. We need, we need you, Scott. We need, we need a tuba player. You're only hope. <laughs> so bought a tuba and got back into playing it after a 10 year hiatus, which is a little weird, but. I can imagine, but it's, it must feel good to get back to it after all that time. Well, luckily, I don't have to be a complete virtuoso. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys recorded an album. Uh, was that recently or very? We just released it in Greenville. Uh, yeah, like two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, two and a half oh, weeks cool. ago. Cool. What was the the process for that like? It was very painstaking. <laughs> <laughs> It was definitely not us gathered in Jason's parents' house trying to figure out a good sound layout so that we could record really well. <laughs> so you guys just jumped in both feet first, decided Pretty to much. produce it, and that's the only way to do anything, really, is you have to have Le to try it first. Learning how to dampen sound yeah. in a room that has flat walls <laughs> and nothing on them. <laughs> Trumpet we, tends to be picked up in every everything. mic. Every yeah. mic. Yeah. <laughs> we, we actually, Even the mics that weren't on. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, uh, we had you, Jeffrey, stand in like the little breezeway and like mostly close the door and then play at this room from that room. And it sounded good on the recording, but it was really <laughs> bad for you because you were in this tiny glass room. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good quality. It was just the right level. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so you guys have a track off that album. What's the name of it? Uh, the uh, album itself, I mean. Oh. oh, the album? The album is episode one, The Phantom Grimace. Nice. <laughs> and the first track that we're playing off it is called uh, Vader. Y'all want to talk about that one? Well, it's, uh, it's a track that kind of sets the tone for the whole, the whole CD um, album. Uh, the, it's an example of us changing lyrics to songs. It's, it's kind of our shtick. Uh, and so we took an old song, Jada, and made it Vader. Alright. I think this was one of our earliest changes, too. That was the first one. This yeah. was when yep. uh, Joe was still playing with us, and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. he actually helped us with that, too. 
Yeah, he had this amazing rant that he did at the end on on some of them that we would only play for live audiences at the if the mood was right or if the if the group wasn't going to get offended. Where he would it just, was an R rated. Yeah. yeah, it was an R rated R rated rant. He would just go off and just like scream about George Lucas and all this. I can't I can't do it justice. So and, and Scott Scott did a pretty good one though. He I, picked I, it up nice. I, I can. I'm not going to here. <laughs> <laughs> We have the clean version on the TV. (laughs) So this is the clean version of Vader off uh, Harlequin Jazz Band's first CD, Episode 1, The Phantom Grimace. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Well, a long time ago may just have been five or six months, and the galaxy far, far away is Jason's house in South Huntsville. But anyway, we changed the lyrics to a song, and it goes a little something like this. A Vader, Vader, gonna kill you with his mind. Vader, Vader, leader of the dark side. Wants to take over the galaxy, built a Death Star for you and me. Vader, Vader, leader of the dark side.
decided that we shall stay here. All right, that was Harlequin Jazz Band with Vader. So looking at the uh, the track names for most of the tracks off your album, I, I sense a theme coming. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of sci-fi influenced names and uh, is that something you guys were intentional about? Were you taking like old standards and, and putting like a nerdy twist on them or was that something that just kind of happened organically? I think that just kind of happened because yeah. of who we are. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, let's put a twist on them and then that's what happened. Okay. It's like, oh, it happens to be a twist like all of us. Okay. <laughs> Apparently we need to do Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting, like, this is such a, a very science and engineering-oriented town, so, I mean, that it's only appropriate that a lot of the music comes here comes from here, has that spin on it. Have you guys been playing uh, jazz in Huntsville for very long? Just as, you know, individuals? I'm the only one who has. Uh, I play with Moondust Big Band and Rocket City Jazz Orchestra, and I've done those both for around five years. And uh, other than that, I, I think everyone else kind of has backgrounds where they had some music but uh, not in the particular way they're doing it now mm -hmm. so Danielle and I had dabbled with the band when we were back in college uh, oh yeah I forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, they'll come here uh, to Huntsville and play sometimes and, and they'll let us sit in with them still but uh, that was that was six years ago yeah, I think that's right. Six, mm -hmm. six or seven years ago. So, I mean, it had been a while. So it was mostly the swing dancing that kind of got you guys back into, with the exception of Jeffrey, you know, playing music in general. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you feel is, like, uh, unique to the city? Because there's such a, a big, rich history of, of jazz in the city, and it's, which is kind of unusual for, you know, a city this size in the South. But, I mean, uh, we got guys mm -hmm. like... Uh, W.C. Uh, Handy. Yeah, W.C. Handy for sure. I was actually even thinking more recently, like uh, uh, Charlie Lyle, big band, and he was he's a you know well known mm -hmm. trumpet player for a while who just kind of landed in Huntsville, and you know it's interesting seeing seeing the kind of uh, heritage that comes through this this city that you wouldn't expect. Swing dancing in general has grown pretty worldwide, um, and it's been it's got there's an incredible Lindy Hop community. Uh, but one of the big pushes recently in the past couple of years is dancers really appreciating the music behind the dance and really taking an interest in the tradition and just how far the dance is deep-seated into the music. So that's one thing we really try to focus on is playing music for dancers specifically. Mm -hmm. Do you think that came about because jazz as an art form is kind of waned a little bit in the last couple of decades as far as just, you know, its prevalence compared to the rest of the musical genres that are out there, or was it just really like them rediscovering what the roots were? I think largely jazz um, kind of split into becoming popular music, which was the dancer side of things, and then became more intellectual um, in terms of mainstream jazz. And so there is a resurgence with the swing dancing that uh, is, is more getting back to the roots of having good jazz that's also swing danceable. There's also kind of a, a contemporary events um, influence as well because after Katrina hit in New Orleans, there were a lot of musicians that wanted to go back and help rebuild the city. And that was a huge uh, spike 
um, in terms of increasing the amount of trad jazz that was being played. A lot of bands came out of that time frame. Still playing today. Oh, very cool. So it was, it was kind of a both both a resurgence in its own right, but also kind of a desire to, to save it a little bit and keep it mm-hmm. from, from passing out. So uh, this next track is uh, interesting and interestingly enough called Godzilla. Do y'all want to talk about that one? I love this track. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. Well. There's a city called Tokyo, and Godzilla fought a battle there. I think the funniest thing about this song is that originally we had no form whatsoever for it, um, because it was Joshua fit the Battle of Jericho, and then the words came out for it, and it was just like, oh, okay, well, now here's the form. (laughs) (laughs) It did did become something of, like, a cheat code. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like we were trying to get the infinite lives and, you know, mm-hmm. crap, what was that game? <laughs> we have the, the Konami code. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one. Yep. Okay, so this is Harlequin Jazz with Godzilla. You can talk about dusty old Mothra Talk about Harry King Scaly friend and the Battle of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. 
Tokyo Godzilla thought about the love Tokyo And the bills came tumbling down Godzilla thought about the love Tokyo 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 Godzilla thought about the love Tokyo And the buildings came tumbling Quinn Jazz Band. So this is a question we like to ask all our guests, and you guys can answer this either, you know, as a group or, you know, what your experiences have been individually as musicians, but well, what's when the... Well, mommy and daddy get together. <laughs> <laughs> Close, but no. <laughs> <laughs> what's your... Well, it could involve that, actually. So, uh, the question was, what's your craziest uh, or most memorable gig experience? Uh, <laughs> there's one. <laughs> there's happened. <laughs> actually, yeah, it was just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yep, we were uh, we were all crammed into Jason's parents' Mercury Mountaineer on our way to sound check in South Carolina to do the uh, in Greenville to do our to do our first big four dancers out of town gig, and everything was awesome. Da, 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 da. Probably two hundred and fifty plus people at the event. Yeah, wow. and then all of a sudden there was a car hitting the side of ours. <laughs> <laughs> like, completely T-boned it. Yeah. Side, the door, side doors wouldn't open, car wouldn't start. Poor Danielle we was at the so point of impact. <laughs> oh, man. I was so shaking. I take it none of y'all were hurt or anything. It was just, no. Everybody was fine, but... But it was... It, I had to go through my phone, call the organizers, say, please come rescue us because we're not going to make it to the gig on our own. <laughs> oh, and had to send cars to come get us. And they were really sweet about it and really helpful. But They even went and got us food. We had planned yeah. all this extra time for sound check and to eat and to get our trombone player up to speed on stuff because he was sitting in with us. And all that time was gone. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of all of that... Um, actually playing the gig once we finally got to it um we were once again explaining just i was explaining to the trombone player all the ins and outs of our set lists for that particular set right before we played it in the breaks <laughs> in between sets and uh he's from athens georgia we the crowd just kept loving us more and more as we went along mm -hmm. and we had just a fantastic finale that the crowd was just going wild for us. Oh, that's awesome. So that's a, that's a good ending to that story. It yeah. was awesome. Mm -hmm. They went insane. There's a video on our Facebook page if you want to see it. Of the car wreck <laughs> or the gig? Huh? Of the car wreck or the gig? Uh, <laughs> of a, a stunt we did at the end of the gig. <laughs> okay, I'll have to check that out. Uh, speaking of which, what's the easiest way for people to find you guys online? Um, Do you have we, a website? Or? We have a Facebook page and we have a website. The website is harlequinjazz.com. Um, or you can find us on Facebook, and I guess that's the easiest ways. Mm -hmm. I always post what we're doing next on Facebook, and we also have a calendar on our website that I try to keep up to date. Okay, very cool. So the next track you guys are going to play for us is uh, Rosetta. Yeah, want to talk about the inspiration for that one, or what the original was? Sure. Um, so the original is also called Rosetta, and I had heard... I'd been reading about the Rosetta Space Probe and uh, all of its, um, it was approaching at the time that I was first started thinking about it, then we uh, went to land the probe and the probe bounced and then lost communication and all that. And so I wrote a song that kind of mirrored the lyrics of the original 
um, jazz standard, but it was from the perspective of the comet talking to the Rosetta space probe. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's very Huntsville appropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's listen to it. This is Harlequin Jazz Band with Rosetta. <laughs> track was called Rosetta, and that was off their first CD, Episode 1, Phantom Grimace. 
So do you guys have any upcoming gigs that you'd like to talk about and promote? I think the the next gig that we have coming up is in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we doing the the last Thursday again? At, oh yeah, um, we usually try to play the last Thursday of the month for Thursday Night Swing, so we'll be doing that for sure this month. Okay. Do you guys have any besides that one? Do you have any regular gigs that you do around the city? Um, they kind of vary. We don't have one that's like every week for sure. Um, but I always post anytime we get a new one. Uh, we try to hit downtown things. Sometimes we'll just go out and busk um, downtown or other places, and I always post when we do that too. Cool. How often have you done that? Mm, very sporadically, depending on the weather. It's really cool that they finally let people do that, which should be intuitive, but it, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't legal here for a while. Or well, downtown actually was really welcoming to us whenever they saw us there so we've never had a problem with trying to play here before i think they opened it up uh, a few years back because i remember it was it was not kosher for a while but that may have been like 10 or 11 years ago mm-hmm. so what's the easiest way for you guys for for people out there to uh, find your cds and music um, they can contact us by going to or emailing us at harlequinjazzband at gmail um, or they can message me on Facebook as well and that's facebook.com slash harlequinjazzband um, or they can come to any of our gigs and pick up one there and your main website is harlequinjazz.com yep mm-hmm. alright well this last track is called uh, Hammer's Game did I get that right? right, <laughs> right. what's the story behind that one? So, you know the football team, indoor football team in town, the Alabama Hammers, um, we had we had been playing before the games outside before they even let people inside the arena. And uh, because we had had so many of those gigs, I think we had four or five of them, mm-hmm. something like that, um, we decided to, to write a song for them. And uh, anyways... Um, the funny thing about playing this song is we wanted to play it when the most people were there, so we wanted to play as late as possible, but when they would open the doors to the arena, everyone would go inside, so that was too late. So we were always kind of like trying to find when <laughs> hammer time should be. <laughs> so I'd tell people, stop, hammer time. <laughs> so this is a recharacterization of Bourbon Street Parade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Old, mm-hmm. uh, Dixieland Center. All right. Well, guys, thanks for coming out and joining us tonight. And uh, we'll be taking it out with Harlequin Jazz Band playing Hammer's Game, a.k.a. Hammer Time. Thank you.
This has been a production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash Spice Radio Huntsville, or on Twitter at Spice Radio HSV. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.